0: Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth
1: has been given to me.
0: Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father,
1: and the Son, son. and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with with you always to the the very very end of of the the age. (laughs) Welcome to
0: Exploring Missions. Connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now, the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. When you talk about missions, you're talking about, you know, fulfilling God's purpose in your life. Uh, I make this statement quite often, that if God was only interested in your salvation, which he is interested, uh, he would have taken you to heaven immediately after (laughs) your salvation experience. But he leaves us here on mission for him. Uh, It's discipleship, sanctification, it's growth. But in the process, we are able to make a difference in the world that God has given us, that is around us, and today we have a guest on Exploring Missions that's been here several times before, and uh, he agreed to be on today because I really wanted to finish up the month of January in a great way because it's Sanctity of Human Life Month. Because um, you know, a lot of times we have one Sunday, but uh, honestly, it's the whole month, and uh, for some of us, it's all year long. And uh, but today we have with us Pastor Joseph Parker. Pastor Joseph, welcome. Good to be with you, Brother bird And it is good to have you again. And right. uh, we appreciate you, appreciate your love for the Lord, and we appreciate the program that you do. You've had me on it before, and I enjoy it every second of it. Uh, hour of intercession uh, mm-hmm. at AFA headquarters, AFR. Here uh, we have prayer request, and uh, it goes out over... You know, the Internet, sometimes it's announced in devotional time. But one of the people that will always write those down and um, pray for them is is Pastor Joseph, and we appreciate that. But our intercession, that's a time that really is, you're interceding, but it's calling on people to intercede with you, isn't it?
1: Well, you know, amongst other things, one goal is to stir believers to become more committed to a life of prayer. You know, the Word of God tells us, pray without ceasing. And, you know, I think it's wise for all of us to say, Lord, show me and help me to live a lifestyle of doing just that. And it's the Holy Spirit that we need the Holy Spirit to help us to learn how to live a life of doing just that as well. And so we're glad to get a chance to help encourage believers' prayer lives through that broadcast.
0: Well, it does, and it has. One of my favorite, I I believe my favorite stories concerning prayer is Nehemiah. Uh, I I love the book of Nehemiah. He and Caleb are my two Old Testament heroes. I just Mm. I love those guys, I think, because they're everything that I feel like I'm not. You Mm. know, sometimes that's (laughs) what you admire, that, because they were such great men. Mm -hmm. But Nehemiah had a burden, and he started praying about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, because he practiced prayer on a regular basis— When the opportunity came for him to speak to the king about the need that was real in Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. it just says he prayed unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, he didn't have a long time to pray, Mm -hmm. but, you know, he didn't say, okay, now, king, right before you want me to do, we're going to take an hour here for me to pray. No, he just shot that prayer up to heaven. Mm -hmm. So. I want to ask you this, because uh, I, I do respect you so much in this area. Mm-hmm. When you have a consistent prayer life, and when that time comes that you must immediately respond,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that shot of prayer up to the heaven,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think it has a greater chance to get there and be answered have, as if, if we have cultivated a prayer time beforehand. Am I stating that right? I hope I am.
1: Well, you know, I guess I'd I'd like to respond in this way. I think it's helpful for us to understand this, that our prayer life and how you define prayer is, I think, much broader than we think. Our, our prayer life, I believe, is very much our intimate walk with God. And the closer we walk with God, the easier it is we can see fruit uh, when we pray, I believe. So again, you know, as we mentioned a moment ago, the Word of God says, pray without ceasing. Uh, we pray those little short prayers in a given moment, but again, we're to be prayerful all the time because prayer is talking to God and it's listening to God. And that's an It's important a two way street. It is, <laughs> it is. It is. And, you know, something I, I think of a, a character in uh, the Old Testament that I think doesn't get you may not hear that about that often. But I think it's powerful is Isaac. Isaac had a unique prayer life in that when he prayed, he prayed fully expecting God to come through. And apparently his prayer life was so powerful, one of his sons was willing to try to cheat and get his dad's blessing because both of them highly valued their dad's blessing and prayer. And so apparently they saw when daddy prays, things happen. Yeah. And even when he was barren, he prayed and God not only gave him a son, he gave him twins. So <laughs> praying like Isaac with full expectation that God is going to hear an answer is a wise way for us all to pray.
0: Uh, you're just talking about him being a man that's kind of forgotten. If you had a father named Abraham and the son named Jacob, mm-hmm. uh, you kind of the quiet man <laughs> of the <a> group. But <laughs> the he, quiet guy in the middle. <laughs> but that middle is so important, it and is. he was a man of prayer, a man of peace too. Mm-hmm. Uh, desired peace. I agree with you. He is. I enjoy. I mm-hmm. I think i got about three sermons concerning Isaac and how God used him in prayer, mm-hmm. how God used him in peace, and how God used him to connect. That's because right. Abraham and Jacob, they they are giants kind That's of right. in it. But in between there, there was that Isaac that mm-hmm. fulfilled his purpose. Now, this is not exploring the Word. This is exploring missions. But That's guess, right. guess what? We've got two preachers here, so you're mm-hmm. going to get into the Word. So thank you for that. The other thing that I, I really wanted to talk to you about uh, – the uh, March for Life took place in D.C., and there was a large gathering. It was a great, great day, and uh, really and was. you were talking about how many young people are showing up for that, and mm-hmm. I, that I, I <laughs> that really encourages me. A lot of people talk about the generation, the millennial generation, and Z, and all of that, but mm-hmm. one thing they are getting it better right than my generation, and that's mm-hmm. life. They're they're more on target than 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 my generation was, Joseph.
1: It's powerful, Brother Burt, to see that every year lots of people come, but it seems that the clear vast majority are young people, children and youth that come out, are willing to brave the cold, and be there and march down down that avenue in Washington, D.C., and let the world know they're boldly standing for life. And that witness means so much, because in addition to them carrying the signs and standing, also they're young people that represent life and represent what God is calling us all to stand for as well.
0: And that's the mission, and that's the reason we bring it up. But there was also some things that took place that weekend. That was Friday, and but you were there on Saturday. Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. I wanted you to tell—I uh, I remember you talking about it a little bit in devotion, but uh, mm-hmm. when I heard that, I said, oh, Okay, here's something I, I think that, that our audience would— would get you know uh, to know better. Tell us about the Saturday after the March for Life that took place Friday.
1: Okay, well Saturday the twenty second is actually uh, the anniversary of when Roe v Wade took place, and on that day I had the privilege of my wife Birdie and I to participate in an event where we had a chance to uh, speak and pray on the steps of the Supreme Court, and I think amongst other things, an event like this could help continue the momentum that appears to be clearly going forward to help end the tragedy of Roe v. Wade. The fact is, you know, Roe v. Wade should have never happened. It was clear a clear violation of the Word of God. Sadly, Roe v. Wade legalized the murder of innocent babies. Uh, and so the, having the opportunity to be on the steps of the Supreme Court both to, to speak and pray. And, you know, Brother Bert, um, specifically, uh, I had the opportunity— to read the Word of God. And, you know, I think some of the scriptures that we share, like, for example, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says, and this is one of the scriptures we had a chance to read, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, Obeying His voice and holding fast to Him, for He is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them Deuteronomy 30, 19, and another one that we shared, You Shall Not Murder, and just a few others. But the beauty is, the privilege of being able to read the Word of God on the steps of the Supreme Court, I think, was a great privilege and honor, and getting a chance to pray the Ten Commandments on those steps is important, and... I think I would say this that and you know no disrespect but I towards any of our leaders but the reality is it's important for us to know that the Supreme Court really is not the Supreme Court God is amen and the fact is the Supreme Court have made plenty of mistakes and they had to come back and change them a Roe v Wade was one of their biggest mistakes and it needs to be corrected so that that was a part I think an important goal behind that this event that uh, we had a chance to be a part of, along with other pro-life groups and individuals on the 22nd this past Saturday.
0: With that in mind, and you talking about God having supreme authority in his court, mm-hmm. many of the prophets especially, and Peter a little bit some in his writings and Paul in his, they present it like a case before a court, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we have prayed uh, in recent days that some of the individuals that's gone before the supreme court are recognizing some of the laws that have been passed by the states like Mississippi and Texas mm-hmm. that God had give them wisdom in in articulating why it is but like you said the th- supreme authority is God through the word right. of God mm-hmm. and the word of God has made it plain i, I just uh, the two that get me for as individuals in the Bible is Jeremiah and John the Baptist. You know mm-hmm. uh, that Jeremiah in the womb <laughs> called of mm-hmm. God, John the Baptist recognizing Jesus in the womb, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I just get excited just even thinking about those, much less expressing. So life is so important. But we're at Afr and AFA. We also talk about uh, you know. A lot of the reasons why uh, abortion has become so so uh, adamant to be for for a lot of people is is the promiscuity of of our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So here on AFR, we're not only say hey all life is precious, mm-hmm. but we say listen, marriage is special between right. a man and a woman, and the the sexual activity is should be contained in that. Uh, relationship. so mm-hmm. we can do both, you know, we can that's chew right. gum and, and walk at the same time. So mm-hmm. we pr- we promote purity and we also promote life. That's right and, and that's right. Why? the Word of God, you know, and mm-hmm. it's quick and powerful. Well I'm glad you got to go that Saturday to the Supreme Court and be there. That had to be an awesome feeling to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington DC, uh, is such a beautiful city, and every yeah. time that I've ever driven into it, yeah, it's just kind of you're overcome by the republic that we have, and mm-hmm. because of that, that makes actions like the March for Life to express, but then the prayer time and the Bible reading on the
1: Supreme Court makes it so important. It's a statement of faith, isn't it? It really is. And, and you know, Brother Bird, I, I would like to encourage every single listener to make it a goal to pray the Ten Commandments every day, because, of course, that's God's moral law, and God's moral law never changed and never will change. But uh, praying them is important, though, because when we pray the will of God, God always hears, and He hears and He answers. And so that's something, whether people ever go to Washington, D.C. or not, we can be praying that for the church and for our nation and Again, God is the bottom line, and uh, again, we we pray for our leaders, we respect our leaders, but the fact is our leaders are human, and they have made and make many mistakes, and we want to correct this one. And you know, Brother Brett, also this month is also the month in which Holocaust Remembrance Day happens, and you know right. that the world looks back and looks at what a tragedy happened when Nazi Germany Eliminated, they executed more than six million Jews, and you know sometimes people might think, well, if I was back there, I'd have been part of the underground and part of the resistance. Well, I think that's a great thing to think and consider, but an important question for us all to ask is, what are you doing now? Because the Holocaust in our nation is not is is tragically at least ten times greater, having murdered over sixty three million babies since Roe v. Wade. So. All of us have a part to play. All of us can help. We can all help to support pro-life organizations or be a part of a pregnancy clinic, support it financially, pray for it, uh, raise money through baby bottle campaigns, give diapers. There's so many things we all can do to help address it. But I think everyone should say, Lord, what do you want me to do? No one should be sitting on the sidelines, I think, with this issue.
0: I agree. And let me just tell you, churches, I I say this quite often. A lot of the churches have, quote, plateaued in so many ways concerning reaching their community.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Get involved in a local crisis pregnancy center. And I want to tell you, evangelism takes place there. Right. I mean, like one of the ministries that we support regularly on AFR is pre-born. Mm-hmm. And most of their—they're out to save the babies, but they're out to save the life of that mother spiritually. And uh, so the money you spend there— is missional. It is life-giving. It is it is helping them and and making a difference. And so you're exactly right. You're just take, talking about being involved. There's one that you've been involved in heavily, and we've supported it here at AFR, and that's the mobile clinic. Uh, update right. us on that, where it's at, what's going on, and mm-hmm. uh, what
1: differences does it make? Well, again, uh, uh Birdie and I, My wife Bertie and I have had the privilege of uh, being on the board to help start and starting uh, a mobile pregnancy clinic ministry that will be serving in the Mississippi Delta, the Greenwood Pregnancy and Hope Center. And uh, AFA has graciously helped us tremendously in helping to do, raise the monies. And by the grace of God, God miraculously blessed us to where we raised the full amount to purchase it. It's been purchased and it's on order and we're to actually have it in our possession come May of this year. And so we're still in the process of raising monies for the first year's budget, which is going well. So we ask for the prayers of all of our listeners. At the same time, again, we want to challenge and encourage every single listener, find where your local pregnancy clinic is located and pray for the ministry there every day. Uh, consider volunteering. Give financially to support it and ask your uh, pursue having your church to support it. You know, Brother Burt, one thing that is true about pregnancy clinics, in general, is typically many times they're very poorly funded, and often they really could use a lot of help. And what's sad is some too many, many churches don't see the issue of life as a mission field, and that's exactly what it is. Uh, I recall speaking to a, a staff member that was a part of probably the busiest pregnancy clinic in the state of Mississippi um, because it's located near Uh, the largest metropolitan area in the state, and uh, I was talking to them, and they'd recently had a survey of the numbers of churches in that area of the state, and it was like over 500 churches. And I asked, how many churches support you? And she sort of chuckled. She said 13. Well, sadly, many churches don't realize how important it is for the church to literally put the local pregnancy clinic in your budget, send volunteers weekly to help, give diapers, give baby uh, you know, baby products and baby items, clothes, things, because these ministries are helping to do, as you mentioned, a lot of evangelism and discipleship happens through them, but also they help reach people at a very vulnerable time, women who are many times are afraid, scared, having been sometimes abandoned by a boyfriend or a husband or threatened that if they don't abort, that they will be abandoned. And so they're at a very, many times in a tough place. But when the church will come alongside the pregnancy clinic, the pregnancy clinic is a wonderful instrument God uses to to love the woman, to support her, to help her realize it's not the end of the world. That with God's help, she can get through this and have this baby. Or, and of course, a wonderful option is adoption as well. Uh, but... The, the goal, one of the goals of the pregnancy clinic is to do all they can by the grace of God to encourage you to let the baby live, whether she chooses to raise the baby herself or places the baby for adoption, but also share the gospel and also help her even beyond having the baby as well. So pregnancy clinics are a wonderful mission field for believers to, to give into and to invest in. So... <clears throat>
0: Those of you that may be hearing this, this is Exploring Missions. Our guest today is Pastor Joseph Parker. Uh, he is the host of Hour of Intercession here at on AFR, but is also uh, how to say it, our representative to so many ministries con- concerning life and 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 the preborn. And we're so excited about him being on with us. And we're talking about the pregnancy centers, and uh, they accuse us uh, the Pro death, and I, I know that's negative, but I, it, my blood kind of gets boiling when I, I hear them their arguments. Mm-hmm. But they accuse of us of not caring. We do care. And you talked about the baby bottles. You're talking about the diapers. We're talking about the other things. Those pregnancy centers, they just don't. Give the baby born and then drop it. They try to connect that child and that mother with churches that can help them, with individuals that can help them, mm-hmm. and them having the the uh, materials to be able to share with them. They they usually also have some counseling for those. And right. uh, I've known. Several people and here in our local area, mm-hmm. they're involved there to, to not only advise them before the baby is born, but after the baby's born about skills, if they choose to keep the baby, skills to help raise them and put them in connection. So these pregnancy centers, they are awesome ministries that these churches that if you're listening, uh, uh, let me just beg you. Uh, bring it to the attention of those leaders in your church that we mm-hmm. need to find the pregnancy center that's promoting life, promoting discipleship, and mm-hmm. we need to get involved with it with our budget. And so uh, do that. I, I can't think of anything that's making a greater impact uh, missionally than mm-hmm. than those uh, centers that are located there in many communities throughout the United States in your area, I'm sure. One other thing that I wanted to be sure and let's talk about is something that you and your wife, Bertie, are involved in, and that's the Festival of Life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I get so excited when I hear, okay, we had another one and it went this well. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about it and how people that say, man, I need something like that in our church, how they can
1: be in contact and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we've had the uh, the privilege of doing the Festival for Life event for actually over ten years now. But basically, it's a multimedia event that uses movie clips, music videos, and movie trailers to help teach a biblical message <clears throat> about the importance of challenging and encouraging the church to do two things. One is to aggressively st- and boldly stand for life. And number two, to aggressively come alongside and support the work of pregnancy clinic ministries as well. And typically when we do them, we try to have a representative from the local pregnancy clinic to be on program and have a booth as well. One thing that is true is that many pregnancy clinics, even though they've been in their community for years and years, it's not hard to find people that don't know that they're there, don't know what they do. Sometimes people think they do abortions there, but people are woefully often ignorant pastors and church members, unless they've had direct dealings with the pregnancy clinic. So this event helps to educate people about the great work that pregnancy clinics do and encourage them to get involved with supporting and working with them. And again, we've done over over 60 of them over a period of several years. But our goal is to keep right on doing them, but also to help cast a vision because I believe every church should have events that help educate people about the life issue because many a church that even they're very, very busy, but it's sad how often churches can't say they've had any sort of pro-life event over a period of years, and the need for the education about the issue and many of the different sides of the issue is just huge. Just like, for example, uh, we like to, amongst other things, promote the use of what's called the Dear Parent Letter, which was, produced by the Justice Foundation, attorney Alan Parker, who's the head of that, he's the president of that ministry. Basically that letter explains that if a woman wants to keep her baby, whether she's 14 years old or, or 40 years old, if she wants to keep her baby, it's against the law for anyone to coerce her to get an abortion. Well, many people may not think that's a big issue unless they've been in that position, but it's, it's sadly, Brother Burton, so common that parents, even in the church, when they find their their teenage daughter pregnant, will too often quickly go to the abortion clinic, clinic thinking, well, we'll fix this and don't you do this anymore, even though that clearly goes against the word and the will of God. But if the mother, the law is in all 50 states, if the mother says, I want to keep this baby, it's against the law for dad or mom or grandmom or granddad or a boyfriend or a husband to try to coerce her, <clears throat> excuse me, to try to force her to get that abortion. However, so many people don't know the law, and so every year, it's sad how many abortions are coerced by a parent or a boyfriend or husband when if they just known the law. A little letter like the Dear Parent letter could have helped save that baby. And I recall an instance where, when I was on the board of a local pregnancy clinic, they told of an instance where a mother had stopped by there on the way to take her daughter to get an abortion. They handed her a copy of the letter, and that letter just caused that mom to just stop in her tracks. She changed her mind. She didn't know it was against the law. So there are many things believers need to be educated on that all of us can do to help address the issue as well as support the work of pregnancy clinics.
0: Again, today on Exploring Missions, we've been talking to Pastor Joseph Parker, and we've been talking about the sanctity of human life and uh In in this, we're we're talking about being involved. We're asking you to be a prayer warrior, a financial supporter of a crisis pregnancy center. Uh, Here at AFR, we're we've been involved with Preborn, and you'll hear that promoted quite often. And we've promoted the mobile clinic, uh, pregnancy clinic that is going to be involved in the Delta uh, area of Mississippi, a mobile unit, and it's already been paid for; it's on order. And you're still raising funds whereby for the yearly operation of that. The first year's
1: budget, yes.
0: Is there any way that people say, I want to be a part of that, that they could
1: contact
0: and and be a part of that?
1: Yes, they can go to our website. Uh, The website is greenwoodhopecenter.org. Again, that's greenwoodhopecenter.org, which has information about the ministry and a link whereby if someone wants to give, they can give through the website, as well as just learn more about what the ministry is all about and what its goals are, too.
0: And and the reason we bring this up, we challenge you to be a part of this. Uh, it's it's not enough. We vote. Uh, you know, it makes a difference. It, it They talk about a one-issue uh, voter Well, that issue is bigger, and I found out usually there's a lot of ramifications with that issue, and there still is, always has been, marriage, the whole idea. And so if you get this right, uh, chances are a lot of the other issues that come along the line, you'll line up with them, and that's Mm -hmm. what we're trying to encourage you to be a part of. If a church wanted to be a part of Fest Festival for Life, could mm-hmm. they contact you, Joseph as well?
1: Yes, uh, my email is j part the letter j at afa.net, or can they just call the the main number 662-844-5036 extension 381. Give that number one more time. 662-844-5036 extension 381. And we want you to be a part of that. It will bless you. It will strengthen your
0: church. It will. Uh, it, it educates you and equips you to be able to know truth. Joseph, thank you for being with us, brother. Thank you, Brother Bert. Honored to be with you. It's always good to have you, and we appreciate what you do, the difference you're making, the ministry that you have. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. We're praying that God would use you where you are right now in the mission that God has called you to be faithful to him and watch him bring it to pass that he can say, well done, thy good and faithful servant.